Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wedding Videography School podcast. I'm Michael. Adam Bradley over there. What's up, man? Hey, man. It is snowing here in Denver. Looking outside the windows, we just hit record here, and uh, yeah, snowy day, man. I can't believe it's winter. Not a lot of weddings for me this month. Well, I was just going to say, the nice thing about winter here in Colorado is there's not a ton of weddings, so you get yeah. a lot of editing time in. Yeah, man. A little hibernation action. Well, uh, I'm here snacking on some goldfish crackers that I <laughs> borrowed from my kids, because uh, yeah, my uh, my stomach doesn't feel too good. I think I drank too much coffee, so now I got to... Now I gotta absorb some of it with some uh, cheddar cheese crackers. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how many different type of goldfish crackers there are? Like as a dad now, there's like the pretzel, the rainbow, just the cheddar. During Christmas, there's like candy cane and s'mores and a lot of options Oof. out there. Yeah, I like the original ones. I guess I don't really eat them that often. Um, the worst though is like a lot of the packaging kind of looks the same. And so ah. you might think you're getting the original box, but you're, you're really getting the cheddar, the extra yeah. like cheese blast or whatever. And then my kids <laughs> don't really like that one for some reason. So you got like this massive box that just, it's like, you might as well just throw it away because they're not going to eat it. Right, right. So well, eat, them, eat yeah. them quick, man. You don't want someone coming in and seeing you took the crackers. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the least of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got a couple things that's been on my mind, and I wanted to uh, see what you thought about them. So, All right. I've kind of realized, and I think it's taken me like 10 years to realize this. I feel like this is something you only really realize after you've been doing this for a long time. And it's just because of the way it, it shakes out. Hmm. I feel like the weddings that I book a year out, maybe aren't always as good as the weddings that I book six months out from the wedding date. And I'm, I'm starting to pick up on this pattern, but I don't quite know what the deal is with that. Hmm. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that six months out are like, like, I don't know, maybe six, maybe between six and nine months away from the wedding just seems like the perfect booking window. Huh. What do you what do you mean by like not as good? Like clients so, that you don't jive with or No, 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 no. Like just as like in terms of the venue, in terms of uh like the clients tend to be higher end if I book them 6 months out versus a year out. Um and I don't I have like a couple suspicions of why but I didn't know if you had encountered this and if you had any thoughts on why that might be. Yeah. No, I, I've never like put those patterns together, but I'm wondering, do you think like the, 
the ones that book a year or more out, are they like the um, like the super planners? They want to get all the discounts. They want to lock their stuff in early. Like, do you think that's kind of like why the rush is or like what would cause that? Hmm. I think, I don't know. It is weird to me. I feel like there's a couple things going on. One, I do feel like people want to lock you down, right? So if you're if you book further out, I think people kind of have the same notion that you do when you're like booking plane tickets or something. Uh-huh. Like, oh, if I book if I book early, then I'll save a bunch of money, right? So I think that might be part of it. Yeah. And that would actually make sense, right? Cuz like it's not it doesn't surprise me all that much anymore when I get an inquiry for like a really, really good wedding, like mm. great venue, great couple, a planner that maybe I really, really like and like to work with. And then I look at my calendar and, oh, wouldn't you know it? I've already <laughs> got something on that date at a venue that I'm like, eh, about, you know? <laughs> right. So I... I think that's that's kind of the thing um, that I notice the most. I mean, does that happen to you? Yeah, I, I definitely have had that happen. But I haven't put the other the pattern of like the one year versus six months. That's why I'm like intrigued by this theory. But I mean, so what do you what do you do in that well, situation? Do you just like well? Here's call? the other thing. Okay. Here, here's here's like the other part of my thought, and I know these are like semi incomplete thoughts, but I'm just okay. kind of thinking out loud here. I like it. The other thing is like I'll get clients that will book me, you know, six months before, and I feel like there's a little more pressure. Because mm-hmm. I think what's happened is they've probably dealt with it with other vendors where they're realizing, oh, maybe maybe we gotta start locking stuff up because I called my flower person and the flower person I wanted wasn't available, right? Uh. And so now I have a little more like motivation and pressure to get this stuff done. And since we're getting closer, I kind of feel a little more pressure just to get it done and not worry about price nearly as much. Hmm. Interesting. Whereas if you have like a year or a year and a half out, like maybe you're a lot more price conscious. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that theory. I can see how that works. Is or it like a, is it maybe <laughs> or maybe the clients who like have the best weddings are also the people who kind of go through life not planning things out like crazy. Yeah. Like I don't know. I think yeah. Well, like how long cuz like when I was engaged, you know, and I proposed my, to my bride, my wife, um we were engaged for like only like nine or 10 months. So there's no way we could have booked a plus year. So I wonder if it's just like a different type of person because how many people are engaged for more than a year? You know, they're kind of the lazy folk anyways. Can I say that? I mean, is that they're like, Oh yeah, we're engaged. We're already doing life together. You know, we'll, we'll get around Mm -hmm. to getting married and planning the wedding whenever it is. We should probably book a couple of our main things now and, I don't know, but I don't know very many couple. Like I feel like uh, holidays, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and uh, you know, like Valentine's Day. Like this is like when people start to get engaged around family time, and then 
bookings really pick up. So that was my only other thought of the timing of it. It could be. It could be. I think the thing that made me think of this, though, has, like, I've noticed that, and it, it, it's been happening to me over the last couple of weeks, which is what made me think of it again. Man, I'm having a cracker attack. Um, <laughs> Gotta watch out for those goldfish. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you. Uh, I've had, like, so many really good inquiries over the last couple of weeks. And I noticed that they're all around the same exact time hmm. in September. And so I'm starting to realize like six to nine months out. And the thing is, is I know they're g- I'm going to get even better ones like three months from now. Yeah. Because I've already picked up on that pattern too. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this six to nine month range seems like... Like I feel like that's what really when you want to book. Yeah, I what do you feel like that's when pe- people are ready to pull the trigger, and you're gonna get like the best venues, the best couples, the best planners. Like I feel like they're just all doing it within that window. Right, makes sense, man. I, you and I were texting this last week about like just the power of saying no. Like, do you ever say no? To certain couples thinking that you know this is a popular date they're not a good fit or do you just like book it because first come first serve you want to secure that date that paycheck in like will you say no and wait yeah i used to do that i mean i used to just book whoever first come first serve i always thought that was the most fair way to do it which it is but i've also started like looking at venues and looking at dates and stuff and being like oh i know this saturday in June or the Saturday in October is going to be like super popular. Yeah. And I'm going to have 20 inquiries for this one day. I might as well save this day for a venue and planner that I like to work with. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and charge what I want to charge for it versus just take whatever pops up first. Cause that's right. rarely like the best one. It's smart, man capitalize on those ones that you really want i'm just kind of spitballing there i like it It makes sense i think that you should write a write a book on it or maybe have a podcast on it about the six month out (laughs) study this (laughs) the 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 six to nine the 69 rule that's what we'll call it we'll call it the 69 rule i think that'll fly (laughs) i don't think it's been used before so there you go, everybody. The sixty just when you're booking, <laughs> remember the sixty-nine rule. <laughs> All right, man. Well, next up, I was watching uh I've been watching these music documentaries. I love music documentaries. Me too. I know I bring the yeah, I bring it up a lot. And I was watching this one um by this artist called named Sperry, hmm. S-P-E-R-R-Y. Okay. And he's made like a couple little short documentary type videos. You can find him on Vimeo and I'll link to him in the show notes. But uh, he has one on this artist, Omar Apollo, that I liked. Um, and another one on this artist named Snail Mail that I thought was good. And they're both like like between five and ten minutes long. Hmm. Um. And I was like rewatching the Omar Apollo one, and I noticed that like for the first half of 
this documentary, like it was all tripod shots. And then I pulled up the snail mail one that I had seen before too. And I was like, let me see, did he use like a ton of tripod on this one too? And it turns out he used all tripod. Like the whole thing is, the whole thing is tripod. So it kind of made me think like, are tripods like the most overlooked tool that we have as videographers? There's, there is only one wedding videographer I know who does incredible work. And she uses like an 85 prime all tripod all day. And work is beautiful. So really, yeah, it's who, great. Who, who is uh, that? Can you, are you yeah. able to say, or can we link to it in the show notes? Pretty sure it's Fiore films. I think it's how you say it. Okay. Well, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. It's F I O R E, but Fiore films like, yeah, she's great. And she's been doing, I think it's because she's been doing it for so long too. Like, um, cause I had actually reached out a couple times like, Hey, your work is stunning. And just ask a couple questions. She's, she just knows the shots that she wants. Like, you know, cause the weddings are all fairly the same ish. And so she does a lot of indoor stuff. She's based out of New York. Um, so all of her weddings are usually like, yeah, in the, you know, hotel room, going to the ballroom, it's all the same location. And so she kind of has the opportunity to set up, wait for the right shot and, um, She'll kind of move it around a little bit, but for the most part, it's great. So, would you say it's like fifty percent tripod, ninety percent tripod, a hundred percent tripod? Probably ninety-eight point three in that range. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I just feel like it's such an unusual thing to see that, and I almost didn't even notice when I was watching huh. some of these other videos. Um, but it was like, oh, you're not doing handheld. You're not. You're definitely not doing gimbal. Like everybody loves gimbal. Right. It's like all gimbal all the time these days. Which is funny because photographers ask me, they're like, hey, I, I want to get into video. Which gimbal should I shoot? I'm like, why is that your first question? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> every, every, I'm sure they go at any wedding where there's a wedding videographer, it's all, there's always a person with a gimbal. I mean, yeah. A lot of wedding videographers, like, they just shoot on the gimbal, like, 90% of the day hmm. or more. I mean, I'm sure there's some that just shoot the the entire wedding on a gimbal. But Yeah. Um, Interesting. I do like breaking it up. I like the idea of, like, some gimbal shots here. I do like the idea of some hand, like, a lot of handheld. But then I look at these some of these tripod shots or I watch a doc where, like, everything looks really good. And it's still interesting and it's still meaningful and it's all on a tripod. And I'm like, wow, that's like, it's so crazy that you can just make something with the most basic tool that we have. (laughs) Right. And it would just look really good. I always feel like it's the most annoying piece of equipment that I use throughout the day. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, I've got this big old tripod. I have to lug it. I have to carry it. I use a big one so it doesn't get blown over by the wind. Like, it's more cumbersome than a tool sometimes. I get that. Yeah, I definitely get that. Um, it doesn't feel like you can really move around with it like a ton. Well, I think the thing for me is the tripod makes me feel slow. Yeah. Like, I'm worried I'm going to miss stuff because, it, you know... You got to pick it up, move it. Yeah. You got to adjust the ball head and then you got to go. But yeah. that takes, you know, 
that takes seconds and seconds when you're shooting a wedding feels like eternity well i think we should i think we should give it a try i think you should uh shoot a whole wedding with a tripod let me know how it goes i did think about that uh but maybe i'll save that for my very last wedding ever (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how this is gonna go (laughs) i don't want anything on the line with that one uh but yeah no i I, you know i just thought it was interesting and i think it's something uh we can all keep in mind and the other thing too that i was thinking about is how like you know back to music documentaries which i never stopped talking about but i like i realized there's so many tech like techniques and things in music docs that you can apply to wedding videos Hmm. and so many things that you learn shooting weddings that you could apply to like documentary filmmaking yeah um it's always funny to me when you hear like i don't know where i hear this exactly but i know i've heard it several times throughout my life when talking to videographers or whatever like people who don't shoot weddings will always talk about how they don't shoot weddings and they won't they like i would never shoot a wedding like yeah like almost like they look down on it like oh it's this like shitty part of the videography industry yeah and it's like i kind of like i kind of get it because like if you're not shooting weddings maybe you feel like you're doing something more important Mm -hmm. although a lot of these people are just shooting like ads for kroger (laughs) like (laughs) i'm not sure i'm not sure how 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 much you could really look down on somebody if you're just (laughs) shooting like ads for walmart yeah (laughs) You're like, you're telling this girl who's wearing sparkly shoes to like smile a little more. It's like, (laughs) eh, all right. Like, it's not that much different than shooting a wedding, I feel like. But I've, I've learned so much just in terms, like, I feel confident that I could probably make a pretty good documentary just from all the skills that I've learned from Hmm. shooting weddings. You Hmm. know, you really don't get to do things over and over again. Um, when you're shooting weddings, it's just kind of like you get a lot of times you just get one shot at something. Yeah. And when it's over, you you're left with whatever you got. Yeah. And I think the same is probably true when you're shooting like a real documentary that's like newsworthy or, Hmm. you know, about current events with super important people who don't have a lot of time to sit there and like, let you like figure stuff out on the fly. Well, that's what I would like tie into the mix then because like, you're talking about like a shooting style using a tripod, using the setup and stuff. But I feel like the content, like I wonder how the content's different because if you're use, shooting like a, you know, a music person who's very dynamic and very engaging, like you can have, you can have a set frame and that frame can be filled up in a very entertaining and engaging way. But sometimes I'm just like, like I shoot, the mom because she's sitting there and i gotta get a shot of the mom you know like it's not it's not very like exciting but i don't know i wonder if i wonder if that would work on a wedding because it just seems like the material you're that's why you add the gimbal it's like i'm gonna make this interesting and make it move and make it slide and do all this crazy stuff you know but i'm like like when you're framing something in a tripod for a music or commercial it's like you know everything in that frame is properly lit. You've got the right talent. That talent knows their exact line. Like, I don't know. That'd be my pushback, I guess. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely two different things. And I'm not, you know, listen, I, I like all forms of videography. Like, I think there's something special about each one of them. Um, I just noticed like this tendency for people to kind of like turn their nose up at, at wedding videographers or whatever. And I always just thought it was kind of odd. I don't pay too much attention to it, but I realized like maybe they do that because maybe it's one of those things where like they feel like they wouldn't be good at it or it'd be Mm. uh, hard. (laughs) And so instead of like trying it or whatever, they just kind of say, "Eh, I would never do that. That's beneath me or whatever. I don't know. Well, it's just, you know, pops in my head. Speaking of weddings being hard, how's your back? I know that your back's been acting up again. Yeah, it's been bugging me. But you know what I realized? I went and did I I did a little music shoot for um, this artist who's like 15 years old. Okay. <laughs> I actually met her when she was 13, huh. um, which sounds crazy. I, like, I met her at a wedding, and she was singing for a cocktail hour. And uh, it turns out she had been on like America's Got Talent and like hmm. she's been essentially like busking in the streets of Boulder and Denver for a, a really long time. And she's got an incredible voice. And so I met her two years ago and I was like, hey, uh, if you ever want to shoot something, let me know. I'd love to come, you know, shoot something. Um, and I talked to her dad and everything. He was there and. Um, so I gave him my information and then I didn't hear anything for like two years, which was fine. Right. Um, but yeah, she asked me to come shoot this little pop-up show that she was doing in Denver. So I did. And I put the easy rig on my back for like two hours. Mm. Um, and that was enough to like the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh, I feel like crap. (laughs) So I realize it's the easy rig. The easy rig is, uh, the easy rig is bugging me and I've tried, I've tried everything. I feel like I've, you know, I've tightened it all up. I'm, I've, I'm like 99% sure I'm wearing it properly. I just don't think it's good for people with like lower back issues. So yeah. I, I ordered this, uh, trial, this free trial of this, uh, Zacuto, uh, ATC or ACT recoil rig. It's like a little oh, yeah. shoulder rig. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'll put a link to it in the description in the show notes. Um, yeah, it looks interesting and they let you uh, take it for a test spin for a couple weeks. So that's Sweet. in the mail. Uh, I'm going to hook that all up at some point next week, hopefully. And just see if it's something that I could use for weddings. Like it looks really comfortable. It looks like it would be awesome. And if it helps with my back, then I think I'll, I'll probably, as long as like I like it and it feels like it'll work, I'll, I'll pull the trigger on it. Nice. I always like new gear. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to buy anything right now, but if I sell my easy rig, it will almost make up for, the cost of this and if i don't have to deal with back pain anymore then it'll 100 percent be worth it even if i paid full price for it so hmm. so uh yeah we'll we'll see how it goes i i'm i don't have expectations <laughs> for it <laughs> so not to say that it looks like a piece of junk or anything it doesn't it looks awesome um 
but I'm trying to just keep an open mind going into it and really give it an objective kind of trial and, and see how it goes. Right on. Well, sorry about your back, man. Hopefully that's a, a tool that, that works and takes the pain away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as we wrap this thing up, man, like what do you got, what do you got coming up this week that you're uh, looking forward to? Uh, <clears throat> editing. Um, I don't think I've had as many inquiries as you, but definitely has some, some calls, uh, trying to book a few more. I've got 12 on the books. I realized for next, for this year, 2022. And I think I'm going to try to stop myself at about, I don't know. I think 18 would be my absolute max, but I definitely want like 15, 15 to 18. So getting closer to that. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. I keep telling myself my max is 20. So, yeah. but I'm like right there. Like I think if I book one more, I'm at 20. So yeah, uh, it feels too early to stop booking, but I don't know. I guess I'll, you know, the power of no, right? We gotta, we gotta <laughs> say no at some point and I gotta get, I gotta get good at it. Right. Well, good, man. It was good talking to you and uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. We love you for it. Until next time, later. Later. Hey, guys. This episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by Photographers Wearing Wide Brim Hats. Uh, Photographers Wearing Wide Brim Hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company. And for good reason. Uh, They are clearly the most creative most unique uh, individuals out there and their photography is so creative I can't even begin to describe how creative it is that's how creative it is if you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there so um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home, or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, they might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear whatever the event make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured you know one frame at a time and that's what that's what photography is it's you know you hear the click click and you know you got one frame and then you hear another click sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row like click 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 uh that they just got eight pictures and maybe one of them is good Probably not, but the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to pull those photos later on and, you know, really, really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day um, that they stood in front of the videographer to get. 
and they're gonna they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical probably um probably just two eight by tens that you can put in the living room next to the closet door so give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event